Don't call it a comeback. Ah. I've been here for years, provoking my peers, putting suckers to fear, making the tears rain down like the moon. Soon, listen to the bass go boom, explosion, overpowering, over the competition, I'm towering, wrecking shop. When I drop these lyrics that I make you call the cops, don't you dare stare. You better move. Don't ever compare me to the rest of the August slicing dice, competition paying the price. I'm going to knock you out. Old school. (laughs) Old school. Yes, man. Nobody's ever done that one on the show. I love it, man. Thank you so much, man. Opening up the show. Jamal, welcome to the show, man. Uh, thank you, man. It's been it's been a long time waiting. Been it's been a long time waiting. I know that. Uh, well, you're U.S. and then you moved to Canada and then now you're back into the U.S. Yeah. Uh, how long were you in Canada for? Uh, about five years. Okay. All right. Was it your decision or was it? Oh, uh, my wife. Uh, her family um, grew up there. So, okay. Well, she grew up there when she was moved in. She was like sixteen. Okay. And uh, my wife was originally from from Russia, so she. Uh, she moved to Canada when she was like 16, her and her whole family. Nice. Yeah, so her dad was sick at the time, and uh, she just lost her mom. So we wanted to get oh. there so we could hang out with her dad and spend some time with her family. Yeah. You know, before he passed away. So that was the main reason why we moved up there. Good. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we, we've been talking quite a bit to try to get you on the show. And, and it's kind of interesting. Lately, I've been getting a lot of drywallers coming on the show so we can talk a lot about because you guys are the rock stars of the construction industry, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Gateway guys up there, huh? Yeah, totally, totally, yeah. man. So quick shout out to uh, uh, the Montreal hoodie that I'm wearing that Danny actually coordinated. Danny from Donnie Doska and all the guys that I did. Uh, I did five shows in Montreal at some point there. So I'm wearing their hoodie. It was actually like a little collector's item. So I really appreciate Danny for putting this hoodie together. But it's over to you, man. So it's AG Drywall that we're talking with. And on Instagram, it's AG Drywall and Finishing. Is that right yeah. on Instagram? Yeah. And then to reach out to you is ag drywall and finishing at gmail.com. And then there's no website, right? No, no, no website. Yeah. So you took you kept the same name moving down back to Tennessee, right? Yeah. Actually, I had it at um, ag drywall and taping, but I changed the finishing down here because no one says taping or tapers down here. You know what? There's a lot of different terminology when it comes to boarding or like you got, I guess the Americans say rockers. Is it? No, not rockers. What do they say? Um, this area they say sheetrock guys yeah sheetrock guys yeah but i heard it as rockers and then i got oh, yeah. i guess canadians are tapers but that down there it's finishers mm-hmm. and then for for hangers in canada it's mostly like borders yes you know. borders yeah exactly yeah. so there's all kind of it means all the same it totally means all the same oh yeah just different terminology for everything <laughs> everything in life is like that too like no matter what you're doing even photography head like um hairdressers you know you got you know hairdresser or Hairstylers, stuff like that. All kinds. You know? Yeah, whatever. So, yeah, off mic, just before we get started, you were actually talking about when you came up to Canada, you weren't thrown into the trades just yet. You were lo- looking at focusing on photography. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Did you study? You know, yeah, I did photography. I, well, I used to, I did a little bit of photography and um, I used to come, um, might sound crazy, but I used to be a, a hairdresser also. No. Yeah, I should do like, you know, like, um, commercials uh, i did a lot of like fashion week and for magazines and celebrities i did that for a long time yeah yeah so and then i, I, I knew i knew a, i knew a cool guy i don't know if you probably know him uh babak he was a photographer babak 
used to do a lot of hairstyling photography and he still does it. Oh, yeah? And okay. he would show me some, a lot of the, the imagery. So like a lot of stuff that's used and featured in professional publications for hairstyling, hair, hair fashion and all kinds of stuff. And he would photograph it a certain way. And I was just like going, this is insane photography, man. Absolutely insane photography. Yeah. That's what I did. That's what I did for a while. Actually, this is one of Let me see. Yeah. I think I can take this off the wall here. Yeah, this is one of my shots I did. This is this is nice. for a magazine. Yeah, I don't know if you can. Yeah, yeah, I can totally still see it. Yeah, yeah, that was for a big magazine I did here. Are you still shooting, you know, Jamal? This was in New York. Um, not as much anymore. Yeah, yeah, but I used to shoot. Yeah, I used to shoot a lot, but I haven't done it in a while because you know, fat family, and just paying the bills after moving around so many times. But because usually, like. You have to have your clientele like, yeah. wherever you go. Yeah, you got to build it. And that's one thing about construction. Like, no matter what, you can go start tomorrow, you know, and get a salary or get that check for that job. But photography, you got to build that for a while. It takes a while to build that up. I'm curious, were you film or digital? Uh, I started off at uh, film, but then I moved over, over to digital. Were you Canon or Nikon? Uh, Canon. Really, yeah? So I started yeah. Nikon. When, when I switched to digital, I went over to Canon because of the video, but... I still have a couple of old Nikon ones, man, that I haven't used in a while. Uh, okay. And it's weird. I, I I found some, I was cleaning up some stuff and I found some old 35 mil film, black and white as well too. I haven't even processed it yet. I was curious about, I don't even know what's on that oh, roll. Yeah. I don't want it to be like a scary movie or something like that and find out. Oh yeah, I still got it. some rolls. My wife found a, uh, <laughs> my wife had found a, a shoebox of like some old film and I was like, ah, uh, let's get rid of it. <laughs> I don't want to know what's in there yeah. just <laughs> yeah. in case, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right but that that took you over to drywall so you coming up to canada there uh how was that starting out in drywall land oh uh, it was good because like i said i think i was saying earlier like i grew up in the trades my grandfather was a contractor so i grew up like doing everything and he did literally everything old school guys you know he was born in guyana so he grew up in like backwoods of sticks so yeah, yeah. doing everything by hand you know have has a handful of, screw, of screws some of his mouth <laughs> nails in the hammer, no back cut in the drywall with the back of the back of the hammer and stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. So but then, you know, on the weekends and after school, that's what I did. Worked with him, like stamping concrete, you know, pouring. Like I did a little bit of everything with him, but he made me hate it, you know, because I couldn't play with my friends. I couldn't, you know, like hang out. So I said, when I get older, I, I'm never touching this. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to school, went to school in North Carolina for a bit, and Wilmington, North Carolina, went down there for a bit. Yep. And uh, then after, after a while, you know, opened up a bar. I did a few other things. You know, then I got I got into here. I always cut my friends here forever, ever since like middle school, extra money. And then after I got after I, I flunked out of school, you no know, partying too much. I just needed something to do, so I got a grant to go back to school. And so I was like, well, can, my friends are like, why don't you just do be a barber? I'm like, but at the time, the grant wouldn't cover barber school because I had to go to a college. Okay. So, but the college had cosmetology school. Okay. And I was like, uh, well, I'll go do that then. Just have something to do. And then so I got, I was pretty good at it. So, I, you know, cutting hair. So then I got hired from a company called Tony and Guy. They make like all the bedhead products and yeah. catwalk products. Yeah. And they pretty much stay everywhere. So they hired me pretty much before I was even finished school. And then so I went down to Texas and trained down there with them. 
And then they literally had me flying all over the world for, for years. Wow. Yeah, so I was like in my early 20s, you know, working with these guys from Italy, these guys from all wow. over the world. Wow. Yeah. And then and then another company called JBL Hills um, offered me more money to come work for them. And they have a they have a base in L.A., right in Beverly Hills, over, right in the corner of Wilshire and Bedford. So I was flying out there, working out there, right in Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, so then I moved out there. I lived out there for a while. And then, yeah, then ended up moving back to New York while I started doing, like, um, like hair for magazines, Fashion Week, and, like, just still traveling around, traveling around. So this would have been all in your 20s? Yeah, my 20s and 20s and 30s. Yeah, okay. 20s, early 30s. Yeah. And then um, I met my wife in L.A., actually, I was, when I was working for J.W. Hills. Okay. And they, they have a... Um, place out there where they, people will come, other hairdressers will come out there to take classes and, and get advanced training. And I was educated for the company for a while. And that's how I met my wife. She came out there to take a class. She's a hairdresser, my wife. Okay. You know? Yeah, so that's how we met. And then um, moved back, yeah, because I moved back to New York and then just did that and I got, started doing more photography. But then me and my buddy started a production company. So we would like pitch, you know, pitch things to magazines and then to other companies. And then we go shoot their products and stuff like that for them. And I did that. And um, when my wife moved to New York, I was still doing that. And then she got pregnant and I was traveling so much. And then I was around so many like temptations, you know, models. And, <laughs> I, and so I'm like, if I want to keep my family, I, I probably need to step away from this. You know? Yeah. And because with fashion, everything is lots of lots of drugs around, of lots course. of yeah. partying and yeah. what other stuff. So I was like, I really want to keep my family. So I don't want to screw that up because I grew up without a dad and if it wasn't for my grandfather, I probably would be lost. So yeah, I wanted to, you know, be that man around his wife and his kids, you know. So I, was you. Much, I mean, push this to the side and do something else. So when we end up, <clears throat> I ended up just selling everything over there. Then I came to Tennessee and then me and my wife opened up a salon together. And we ran that salon uh, for about seven, eight years. Like, uh, it blew up pretty big and we did an addition and then... That's when her dad got sick, so we moved to Canada. Okay. And then, but I, yeah, so I was always around, you know, construction, and I would always like do my own remodeling. If I buy something, you know, fix it up, you know, whatever, sell it. And then, so I moved after we got to Canada, so I worked with my brother-in-law just to have some business. But that way, I, when I start my photography business, I just needed some money coming in. So I was just doing remodeling with him, and he's a drinker. So he would drink at work and take low bids on jobs just to get the job. Okay. You, know, you know how that goes. Yeah. And then, um, so I kind of split ties with him and split on my own. And then all the jobs that kept, that kept coming in was just all drywall. And so like, I can either take my whole garage to a job site and do everything, or I can just take my drywall tools and just, you know, just finish and, and do that. So then I started doing that, just finishing. And then I was just getting more contracts. And then so I would just take on the whole contract and just sub out what I don't want to do, like the border and insulation and spray foam, whatever. And then, yeah, so that's pretty much how I got started in Canada. And then how long ago was that, that you went basically full-time all drywall? Oh, about a year after I got there. So about four or five years ago, yeah. Okay, four or five years ago. And yeah. then did you still hate the construction when you got back into the construction or did you miss nah, actually, I actually fell in love with it for the first time you know yeah I, I used to hate it. yeah and yeah so it was, it was it was a completely different of being around like 
you know, people like me, family men that just want to support, you know, bring money home to their kids and to their wife. And it wasn't that narcissist kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially when you're working with like models and celebrities, it's all about them. You on their time. Of course. Yeah. You know, did you even. So, sorry, did you did your uh, did your grandfather get a chance to see you get back into it and love the industry? No, he passed away. Oh, uh, so yeah. he didn't see that, eh? Yeah, he passed. Yeah, so I, I wish he could have, but you know, yeah. he did. He did. Yeah, because oh, that would have been nice for him to see that because now you he was probably teaching you lessons way back then and and just planting the seed for you now, right? Oh yeah, especially um this this basic stuff like you know. If I'm gonna clean up, someone will be cleaning up or whatever, or he will make me go do it. I'm like, I don't want to do this. He goes, someone has to do it, you know. And if you're gonna do it, you better do a good job at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do the best job you can. So, and it's like just waking up early, you know, five o'clock in the morning, you know, just instilling that work ethic in someone, you know. And then yeah, you you, you leave it for a while, but then you you come back to it. All those little gems that he would teach me, all those little things. It is, oh, that makes sense now, you know? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. No, when you leave a job site, clean up before you go, because that way, you know, when the contract is there or the homeowner's coming in, they see that you take that, that you take care of it. Yeah. If you can take care of that room or take care of whatever, you can take care of a little bit more. Or they can trust you and leave you yeah. at a job site by yourself or whatever, you know? So just having that, you know, work ethic, that cleanness, no, he's always say cleanliness is the it's next to the gardenness. Yes, yeah. You know, and just little things like that that you remember like will just hit you in the back of your head, like, oh wow, you know. <laughs> it actually fits. It totally yeah. fits, man. I want to yeah. ask you, what's the basic difference between US and Canadian drywallers? Borders, hangers, rockers, whatever, tapers, mutters, whatever you want to call. What's the difference between the two? I think, especially in the South, but I think right, and I think Canada, they they have a higher standard. Really? Yeah, we're finishing, and um, just just the just the yards. Like you can go to CSR, like right in Toronto area. You got you have CSR, you have Tabish United, you have quite a few other um, yards that have everything there. They have what you want. You can go talk to them and get fully serviced. Yeah. Here, I go I go to a, a yard to go get some supplies. I'm like, it's nothing there. There's you know, no exclusive I, drywall suppliers in the U.S. Well, in the other places like further yeah. out, yeah, yeah, but not Tennessee. But not right, not not right, no, not where I live at. So I have to order everything. I still order everything from CSR. And they ship to you? Yeah, they ship. Yeah. Oh wow, I love that. Okay, that's pretty oh, yeah. interesting. So you oh, already yeah. know what they have anyway, and then you know what you need. So might as well put the order in. Oh, exactly, and um. For some reason, it's cheap to ship to the U.S. Like, last few packages is like twelve bucks to ship here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, the Americans are not gonna like that. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be like, "Why? Why is that stuff coming from Canada?" I I don't know. It's crazy because I would order like a lot of times if I have someone coming to um to Canada come visit me, I would ship stuff to the house and my stepson, whoever, you know, and hey, can you bring this to me because it's gonna cost me yeah. on a leg to have it shipped, you yeah. know, yeah. or you know, I just go get it myself. When I go visit, I just go get it myself. But now I am shipping from Canada here is next to nothing. I want to ask you, Jamal. Like, so what what tools are you running, man? Are you, are you, what are you doing these days? Are you are you a pan or you do a you doing a hawk oh, or hawking trial? You're hawking yeah. trial, right? That's what I figured. Yeah. I mean, if you're yeah, being I feel, taught, uh, but yeah, I feel a hawking trial, in my hand. Holy school, right? Totally old oh, school. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, my grandfather, he did a lot of plastering, so, you know, the easy for and he did concrete, so he always had a, no trial. This is how it oh. is, man. Like, exactly. I, 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 you have a nice hawk, it lasts you forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I still have one that I've had for, I don't know how long, and it's, it get, it's gotten so small now. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to clean it, and all of a sudden, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, I don't, I don't really use it anymore. I just keep it for, you know, memories because that's what I got from, you know, grandfathers. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. It, is, it just sits in like little, little case. I just, I don't mess with it, but it's literally about that small right now. <laughs> Does, did, did he have his initials on it? Nah. <laughs> no, no, just in case. I, well, I guess back in the day there, there wouldn't have been that much theft going on. Someone wouldn't have taken it or whatever, right? Nah, and this is New York City also. You yeah. stole something, up, yeah, you, <laughs> it's not going to be nice. No, it's going to be old school taken care of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it ain't going to be a harsh word, man. It's going to be something yeah. else. No. Yeah. Then, oh, yeah. So then, okay, so I, I know that there's different kinds of mud, right? So what kind of mud are you guys using down there compared to up here? Oh, we use on uh, USG mud, but um, it's a little bit different. Like uh, like the, you have the red all-purpose up there. It's, it's the red box. Yeah. Down here, the all-purpose is a green bucket. And they have they have the in the box also, but it's a lot of buckets here now. So you don't really have to get you know, go and grab a bunch of boxes, and and then dump them in your buckets here. So you can get buckets really easy here. So we were actually just talking to another drywaller, and they're getting rid of all the buckets up here, but I guess they're keeping all the buckets down there. Yes, yeah. So they, they have a little mixture of both, but buckets are pretty um, common here. So what's the number one problem with the drywall industry, man? Because it's got to be a construction bone to pick here. Like, what, what is it? It's just guys don't don't care about how they're hanging the stuff, or they just don't care how they're uh, they're actually doing the mudding? Yeah, exactly. Because uh, especially in Canada, it's, it's divided. Because you're either hanging or you're finishing. Yeah. So if you're hanging, you don't really give a shit who's behind you. Finish it. That's, that's what a lot of trades are. You know, like even some guys, even some mothers, they don't care. They, they fill up the, um, you know, for electrician, they, they put mud right, up, right in there. So, <laughs> you know, so a, a lot of trades don't care about the trade that's coming behind them. Yeah. You know, so that's that's what it is with, with borders. They don't really care. You know, so they they leave gaps. They leave, they don't know how to use a router. So they sit there and bust out so many, help, won't, you know, and sometimes it, it'd be easy to just take that piece of board out, throw another one on. Yeah. Like, to fix you know, that, that mistake. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you go into a house and you see 20, 20 brand new sheets on the side of the wall. Then you see all the blowouts they have in there, you know, everything, you know, it's been so easy just to take that sheet down, throw another one up, you know, take that piece off, you know, fix that, you know, but they rush into a house and you can't blame them all the time because, you know, you have contractors that tell them, we need you guys to do this in five days. Yeah. You know? And you need six so, days, right? You know, so like, sometimes you, you need that extra day and they won't give it to them. So, so like, you can't fault them for that. Then you also got, you know, you got trusses sitting out in the snow for a year, you know? So when they th- pick that up in the house, it's out of whack. Yeah. So then the borders are trying to, you know, you know, throw that up and fix that. So it just trickles down, you know, so you can't, it's hard to blame, set blame on a certain person, but then, but shoddy work is shoddy work, you know, at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. You know, so you can fault when it's really bad and you know, then you can, you can fault for that, you know. You know, Jamal, it's kind of interesting how the, the builder or I guess the site super is determining that you've got five days to make this happen and, and you wonder, 
first of all, that builder is not a professional drywaller. So how does he calculate five days? Just based look like looking on his schedule. That's all it is. It's not about the actual scope of work. Oh yeah, but it trickles down because okay, this this one I get pissed off because okay, you have your electrician went in and took this time. You no, know, you had your framers going in and take their time. You know, you have everybody else goes and take their time, but yet when the drywall guys get in there, get it done get fast. You know, so you know, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's not fair. It's totally not nah, fair. Not right? Yeah. And you've done yeah. both, right? You've hung drywall and you've also finished drywall, right? Yes. Which one do you prefer? Finishing. Finishing, right? Yeah. Why do you prefer it's, that? Uh, to me, it's, 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 more, it's more artistic. It's yeah. more skill. Yeah. You know, like hanging, I'm not saying hanging is, is there's no skill in it, but hanging is just, and you cut, throw it up, you know, you kind of make sure. But for me, I've always been in the arts, so... I think that's probably why I, I veer towards, you know, finishing more. So like knocking, you know, it, just getting those straight lines, just getting it, you know, cohesive, you know, yeah. so, yeah. you know, that's why I like finishing more. So this is, I guess that's why, but, um, so what are you like? I know that all finishers have different little tricks. I know some of them are all paper tape guys or girls. Some of them are mesh. Some of them are fiber tape. You know, like, what are you preferring these days? Uh, now we're talking. <laughs> so it depends. Uh, okay, now I love fiber fuse. Yeah, it's good. I, I, run, I run through my bazooka. Yeah. You know, I, I, I pretty much, I don't want to do a house without fiber fuse. Really? On both factory and butt joints? Butt joints, you got to be careful. Okay. You know, like, your, your butt joints pretty much have to be beat out. Yeah. for fiber fuse because you know it's on it's on a, a stud so it kind of protrudes out a little bit so yes. if you wipe that fiber fuse a little too hard it's going to rip down the middle yes so a lot of times i will double up my fiber fuse on the butt joints oh okay yeah so instead of you just having one so it's, it's double security yeah so I, I would double up on my fiber fuse or if i'm really being picky i'll just put tape on my butt joints and then put fiber fuse on all my flats that way you have a little more security. I like that. Yeah. So that, that you, you won't have a problem. You won't have a callback and you're not pitting tape twice, you know, yeah. so you just so I run around, just do all my, uh, all my butt joints first with the tape, then come back and do fiber fuse on all my flats. I know that up here, while you were up here, you probably got a chance to probably more than once got a chance to use all the, uh, the Aria vent covers. And the cold air returns covers and everything like that. Are they using those in the states right now? Uh, no, not down here. No, it's all still grills, right. right? Yeah, you don't you don't see it much here. But there's a few places. Um, I'm doing a little bit more. Um, and some of these times I'm doing now is insane. So a little bit of mixture. So they're doing a little bit of little bit of it now. They're starting to bring some more in. Okay. And then some of the designers have like a mixed relationship with, with the, um not designers but um yeah designers whatever you call them. But um, so they're trying to bring some of these more products in here. So you, you see, you're starting to see a little bit more here, here and there. But also lately, I've been doing a lot of commercial since I've been since I moved back to Tennessee. Okay, so that's like, that's just fast work, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fast and yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah. It depends what it depends what, what who the builder is, you know. So, 
Yeah, so I've been doing yeah, I've been doing a lot more commercial. I I used to hate it, and then so I, I went to um Sudbury, and I was working with Drywall Nation up there for a while. They okay. needed some help on some stuff up there, so I worked with um Brian, yeah. um Brian Kitchen. Yeah. Um, I worked with him for a little bit up there, and then so we did a really big commercial job up there. I think he's still finishing up now, but um yeah, I was up there with him for like three almost four months on that wow. job. Okay, how, yeah. what, what kind of a commercial job is this? Or It was a retirement home. Oh, that's why. Okay, all right. So lots of units. Yeah, lots of units. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, doing, I was doing three units at a time by myself. Holy cow. Yeah, so I would take a, I would take a two-bedroom and one two-bedroom and two one-bedrooms. And <laughs> yeah, by myself. Crazy, man. Yeah, so I would do three at a time. Yeah. Yeah. How many so guys tape, did, did he have up there? Me and another guy named uh, Ben. Ben I'm taping. He's a really amazing uh, finisher. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably, he's probably up there top top three I, I, I've worked with, you know. And then um, Brian, he had his crew also. And then he had another guy that was, then uh, he had another guy who was there for a little bit. He left. So he had, a, there's about three or four four separate crews and then he brian had his crew too okay so so but i was by myself bim was by myself and then um another guy it was two other guys another crew two guys and then brian and his three guys yeah so um yeah but and it was a really good experience because you got to see you know way this guy this guy works the way this guy works and then they come and see what we're doing Ask me what I'm doing, how you do it this way. Then so it's like top guys that's really care what they're doing, that really loves his trade. And they're sharing information back and forth. You know, there's no ego, there's no, no you know, pit someone down because they might not do it the way you do it. And so it was uh it's a good eye, good eye opener. Nice. You know? man. And it was fun. You know, we had a lot of fun, you know, up there. I was curious, like Jamal, how did you hone your skills man because obviously you didn't get formally trained you just kept on at it working at it and then learning it so how did you make your skills that much better every single time Uh, i dropped my ego for a bit um i worked i was working next door to this um hungarian guy no so i'm doing everything by hand now i wasn't i was just just using semi-automatic tools like the like the flushers and the tube and stuff yeah you know so um This older guy, he was and he was 62 years old doing houses by himself. Wow. Yeah. So he's next, he started around the same day I started. And then he's like almost done. And I still got like maybe a few more days. I'm like, <laughs> no way, man. <laughs> this guy must have a whole crew somewhere, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's no way. So I go over and talk to him. And I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, he's using a bazooka, he's using the flat boxes. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay. So then he's like, nobody's talking about it. He's he showing me some things. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, hey, how about I can work for you for a little bit? Would, would you mind? He goes, no, but you're going to have to do it my way, <laughs> my way the highway. I'm like, yeah. man, I don't care, man. He's like, I can't pay you top dollar. I said, I don't care. Because I still had a little bit of money saved because I sold my salon and I, I sold a few things before I moved to Canada. So yeah, yeah. I was like, fine, I, I can take a pay cut for a little bit. I just want to... I just want to learn the automatic tools. And he taught me for, he worked, worked me for, I say quite a few months, about five, six months. I worked yep. with him. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't really making much, but, you know, I dropped my ego. I said, Hey, I'll come, I'll, I'll be your, you know, your apprentice for a little bit. Just, I don't care. I just want to learn the tools. And 
it, I honed that info good while. Was he and a good then, teacher? A little bit. <laughs> okay, so he was he was Algerian. He was rough around the yeah, corner. Yeah, exactly. totally. Yeah. And he, had a, and he had a really thick accent also. Yeah. So sometimes you could barely understand. So sometimes me and him will go at it, you know, because I'm still, I'm not a kid. So <laughs> every now and then, you know, you know, we'll go back and forth a little bit. But um, for the most part, you know, he 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 was a he was a decent teacher. Okay. He taught the best way he could. But also, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't know a lot of these tools. So, you know, to help push me and make me faster, you know? Yeah. And so now so, all the machines you're using what these days? Uh, I use pretty much every machine that's out there right now. Yeah. I have literally, I have literally everything, almost two of everything, because I had another crew also. So I made sure I, bought, I had two of everything. So I have bazooka, flat boxes, angle boxes, uh, automatic, um, like, sanders. I have the Merker. No, I used to have the Fest tool, but um, why'd you switch up from the Fest tool to the Merca? Me personally, the Merca does a better finish. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, the Fest tool is a little bit heavier and it's a little more aggressive. Okay. Like I can put, I can put a, I can finish a house with one fifty with a Merca. I can't do that with a Fest tool. I need at least one eighty. Really? On the new one, and then the old Fest tool, I need at least two twenty. So what's the um, what's the Merca doing that the Fest tool isn't doing? Uh, it's orbital, also, you know. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. And then it just is not as a, it's not as aggressive as the Fest tool or any of the other ones that's out there. Like I can, I can get a on one fifty, I can get a, a nice, perfect finish on the house. Wow. And yeah, I go back, light check. You literally don't see anything unless you know every now and then you might have a little bit here and there to touch up. But I can go through a house. I can speedball. I can like. Start a house, sanding like an average 2,000, 2,500 square foot house. Start sanding around 8 o'clock. I'm done like around 12, 30, 1 o'clock. Really? Yeah. And then I go back, do my light check, touch up what I have to touch up, and I'm done. I remember a few years back, a lot of guys were hesitant about going down that Festool route about sanding, mechanically speaking. They always just loved pole sanding. And I'm like, this has got to evolve. Yeah, insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, everybody's got to be using a machine now to sand. They have to be using it. Oh, yeah. Even even if you're using an old porter cable, it's going to be faster, you know. Like, we have a crew here. Because the commercial stuff I'm doing now, it's it's a lot of work. So we have other crews that comes in, and I just keep them on track. That's what I'm doing for the builders there. And so even I won't let them touch my Merca. So we have I have like two porter cables. <laughs> I let them <laughs> learn on that, man. Learn on yeah. that. Okay? Yeah. If you can get learning on that, then I'll let you touch this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get so, it. yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I I I haven't seen anybody, I guess, other than yourself that has a Merca because I think all the cool kids are running the festivals these days. But is the Merca cheaper? No. It's the same price or even same more? Price. Same price, right? Same. Yeah, by the same. Um, I forgot the price. I'm I can't think of the price difference in Canada, but a new Merca right now in the U.S. is about twenty three, twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, that's about the same. So yeah, yeah it makes a lot of that sense. over now. It's, it's a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So let me. Yeah, so I just like the Merca a lot better. Yeah, and it's and it's lighter also. And then you also the head is like a one eighty head, so I can literally stand right here and hit 10 feet 
on the ceiling and not have to tilt my whole body back and forth. You know what? Festool, I remember the first generation when I was using it and I just, I grabbed it and I was like, this is heavy. And oh, that yeah. head, that head, that pivoting head is, is, um, it has too much resistance to get mm-hmm. it perfectly flat. I know that they fixed it better. On yeah, the they, have a Plan X two, they have the Plan X2 that's out now, and it's a lot better. It's a lot better, but it's still it's not better. perfect. It still needs it still yeah. needs a training course. You know what I mean? You still have to perfect it at that point. Yeah, Where and then the suction on there is a little bit um, wonky also. Like, if this um, has like a suction switch on there. Yes. So it, it kind of sticks a little bit more. So you got you to gotta adjust. You got to play with it a little bit more. Yeah. But it, it's, it's still a good machine. And if you take the, you, you can swap the sanding pad on there or for a softer pad and get a yes. better finish. Yes. Yeah. Which is good. But Merca offers yeah. that too, don't they? Huh? Is that again? Merca, oh, Merca comes with the soft, soft pad already. Yeah, they, that's what I thought. Yeah. 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 So you don't have to switch the pad for the, for the Merca. You don't have to. You just, and then you can also get um a pad saver. So you can throw a little extra pad on there and then put your sanding disc on there. And it gives it even better finish after that. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me share a little history here in drywall. Uh, drywall, also known as gypsum board or plaster board, is a building material that is made from gypsum, a soft sulfate mater- mineral, which is pressed between two sheets of heavy paper or fiberglass. The use of drywall as a construction material has its roots in the early 1900s. Prior to that, traditional plaster and lath was used for walls and ceilings in most buildings. I'm assuming down in Tennessee, they're probably still doing a lot of plaster and lath right or repair yeah, yeah it's gotta be yeah, old school just, yeah i just fixed a little house i, I did a little um plaster I haven't done it in a while i just been doing a little bit of plaster here and there too lime lime based yeah lime based yeah wow uh, the first patent for drywall was issued in 1916 to a U.S. gypsum company employee named Augustine Sackett. He developed a method of uh, mass-producing drywall by using a machine to press the gypsum between two sheets of paper. Uh, drywall quickly became popular due to its ease of installation, low cost, and fire resistance. During post-World War II housing boom, the use of drywall increased dramatically as it allowed for faster and cheaper construction of houses and buildings. Drywall was used to extensively in the construction of suburban homes and apartment buildings, and it became the standard material for interior walls and ceiling. Today, drywall is used in nearly all new construction and remodeling projects and is considered a staple in the building industry. Its popularity is due to its fire resistance, sound insulation, and relatively low cost. Also, drywall is easy to cut, shape, making it the versatile versatile material for wall ceilings in any size of shape. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's drywall. I mean, you, yeah. back in the day, I guess your grandfather probably would have been using the two foot by four foot panels, gypsum panels that were just chopped up. Oh yeah, and, yeah, those mm-hmm. ones, right? And then yeah. hung that way. So it's all evolved from now. Um, yeah, it's a lot, lot thicker and dense back then too. No, no. Are you guys using a lot of five eight stuff, fire rated stuff down there? Oh yeah, especially for commercial. Commercial, yeah. yeah. So is it double yeah, layer for commercial? Yeah. Do you need double layer for commercial or single layer? Uh, depends where it, depends where it is. A lot, a lot, a lot of it is double layer. Okay, for dividing then, the demising walls between units, right? Yes. Okay, so strictly that, it's for fire for purpose. Fire barrier, exactly. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I thought yeah. it was, right? Exactly. Then you have some rooms where when it, when it's just inside the rooms, you, you can pit a single sheet up 
with his uh, separating from, like the bedrooms or the kid like between the bedrooms and like the closets and, and stuff. You could put a single a single sheet there. Someone doing that, but for the most part, they're doing double layers. Are you all players? Sorry, Jama. Some places that are doing even triple layers. Also. Triple. Yeah, yeah, they, they're doing some triple layers from some places. And that's what, like the the building code, the fire code is asking for triple. Yeah, that's yeah, they want triple. Well, I mean, a typical, well, I'm trying to remember, 5.8 drywall has a fire rating. Is it one hour? Is it 60 minutes for one layer of fire rated? I, I don't think know. If so. it's, don't, don't quote me on that. No, but. no, I know. I don't. I, I know that regular drywall is 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. So 5.8, I don't know if 5.8, maybe it's double layer 5.8 has one hour of fire rated. So I'm trying to figure out for, I guess, tri- triple layer. It's got to be like maybe 90 minutes or something like that. Yeah. That's probably why they're asking for that. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, especially I think especially for like, like that old folks home we were doing, they was doing triple A's there of certain things. And then in here they did they did triple A's of a few places here too. So I guess maybe it's in uh I guess, I don't know, I don't know if it's an architect or, or or asking for it or whatever. So but yeah, I've seen it here and there. Are you guys down there? Are you guys using any kind of Durabon? You guys using working with Durabon as your first code and just pre-fill kind of thing? Or no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I usually put in, um, if I'm doing beads, I usually do about 25%. Um, I don't really use Durban, I use sheetrock, but it's the same yep. thing. Yeah. Um, so I do about 25% um, sheetrock, like 45 or 90. And then I do the same 5% months. So I mix my Durban first, get it to consistency. I want that, I throw my mud in there and mix that up. And I use that usually for my first go, all my beads and stuff like that. Nice. That way I don't, I don't get that shrinkage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then are you, you're not working by yourself. You have somebody that's working with you, no? Yeah, now I actually have my stepson work with me now. Okay, all right. Yeah. So is he liking it? Yeah, so far so good. Yeah, he's liking it now. How old is he? He's twenty three. And he's liking it, huh? Yeah. Well, that's good to see. Yeah. So yeah, he, uh, he's at first because um, when he's moving back, I was asking my wife, "Do like, you think uh, David um, would want to work with me?" She goes, "No, nah, I don't think so. He, he doesn't. Want, I don't think he would want to want to do that." At least after about two weeks, I was here. He asked me, "Hey, do my fucking work for you?" I was like. Oh, really? He goes, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, no problem. <laughs> She's responsible for that. She planted the yeah. bug in both, <laughs> yeah. her, in both you guys. That's what she did. She planted the bug saying, okay, yeah. ask him, ask him, talk to him, talk to him. And all of a sudden, yeah, yeah he's on the job site. That's how it worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's picking up, so I got him like, doing everything by hand. I'm not even letting him touch the machines yet. Why is that yeah. important to you? I mean, okay, you go to work, right? Your box breaks or your bazooka breaks, whatever breaks. What are you going to do? Are you going to waste the whole day going to a store trying to get get it fixed or go buy another one? You know, and if and also if you don't have that foundation, like how are you going to know anything? You know? Yeah. So you know, that's my thing. Like you need to know the foundation first. You need to know how to do everything by hand. I don't, I don't care what it is. Not you don't have to always do it by hand, but you have to know how to. You, you know, you you have to know how to coat something. How much money that you need to um, put on? How much you need to take off? And so if you can't do it by hand, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. You, you have to, to me. And then, then you can start learning how to you know, evolve from there. But if you can't, if you don't know the foundation with anything in life, you know, that's, that's everything. It's not everything. just drywalls, you know, it's everything. You have to know the foundation first. Yeah. Yeah. It's hundred percent. So, I mean, if you've got another kid coming and all of a sudden you got more work and you got another kid approaching you, what would it be the, the, like the first lesson you're going to teach him that you're going to ask of him? Uh, most do the screws. 
pretty much. That's, That's like the first thing. Okay. First thing, um, screws and also how to mix the mud, you know, and then certain, yeah, screws, how to mix the mud, do simple tasks, you know, and also doing the screws and doing things by hand. It's how you, you get your coordination together, you know. And then so the, then you start like seeing how to maneuver your to maneuver your knife, um, how much mud you need to paint in your pan, how much the consistency of how to mix your mud. Because I don't do like three cups for this or four cups for that. <laughs> I eyeball everything. Yes. <laughs> you know, because there's no every, recipe. It's just no, by touch. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Every box is different, you know. You yes. have, you know, you have your medium, you have your ultra. And every every box comes in different. Even the manufacturers, this oh, you have a guy mixing a batch, pitting the boxes. He's not going to do the same consistency every time. No, you know. So when it comes to you, like even in the wintertime, especially in Canada, when they deliver the mud, it has to sit in the house at least twenty four hours before you can yes, use it. it. Does yes. You know, sometimes it sits, but you don't know how long it's been sitting somewhere else, or how if they even rotate any mud. Yeah. So you get you get a batch that's a little tougher. And then the next box, and they're right next to each other. Yeah. So you can't just put four cups of water in this one and four cups in that. It's gonna, it's not gonna be the same. It's never gonna be the same, you know. So I eyeball everything when I mix it. So, so just you, getting them used to that. Which is good. Those are lessons that he should be learning, learning from those, right? So it's very valuable yeah. that way. Um, have you guys? Whenever you guys get together, I know that drywallers when they get together. It's kind of like their own little construction community, their own construction planet kind of thing. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they just look at it like everybody is amazing at their stuff. But have you guys actually discussed what the future of drywall is going to look like? I mean, are we talking about larger panels here? Is that what, like, what are they talking? Is there any hint on some of the companies and what they're talking about, what's coming down the pipe? Or are we still living in a four by eight, 10, 12 long sheets, half inch, five eighths, whatever? Or is there, is there a new product coming down? As a as a sheet of drywall, I don't I don't think it's anything new. Hopefully, we can get like for like more sixteen sheets coming in. Sixteen foot. Yeah, yeah. There's some places here in the states that have sixteen feet. Yeah. I don't want to look at a sixteen foot. Sheet. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> and don't tell me, don't tell me one guy's handling that. Don't no, tell me, no, 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 no. It's not one guy, right? Okay. Yeah, but for but for ceilings and stuff like that. But also like, what I like now, I like the trim text a lot now. Like yeah. Um, like butt board. Have you used any of that yet? I, I know guys are talking about the butt board. Is it really worth it? Because I just look at it structurally. I'd rather have that end actually sit on a stud. Like, I don't know if I, if I like that or you guys like it. I, I love it, man. Yeah? yeah? I love it. It's, it's a floating joint. So it it's not going to shift with the house shift, especially for your ceilings. You know, so when your house shift, you're not, it's, it's less likely to crack, you know? Okay. And then you're also using a lot less mud because you're not building out your joints so wide. Yeah. So you, what it does, it creates a butt joint. It makes your butt joint into a flat. You know, so instead of it, you know, what's that style? It's what's that you know? Is it so, stronger, Jamal? It's stronger? I was, yeah. I it, guess it's, it's, it's the strong. science behind it since the joint is not sitting on a rigid piece of framing. Mm -hmm. And then the house dries or moves, it won't crack it. So then if it's sitting in between the studs, exactly, it has flexibility to the point mm -hmm. where it won't crack. It won't move. Yeah. And that's why you like it more than the actual rigidity of sitting on a stud. 
Exactly. That's why. Okay. And also, it takes less mud. It's, uh, it's faster to work with. So you can run your flats all day instead of having to, uh, instead of you have to take more time with your butt joints. So you got to tag both sides and then come down the middle. Or you just got to coat the whole thing at once, you know. And then using more mud is more man time. Yeah. So it takes longer, especially when you have those deadlines, like they pushing. You know, especially in, in Canada, they push deadlines a lot up there in the GTA area. Yeah. They want you in and out. Yeah. Like you said, here in the South, they give you a little bit more time down here. They don't stress out as bad. But is but there because, is, is there actual f- um, flexibility in the butt joint? Is it flexibility? Yeah. No, not really. It's, 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 it has to be right. Okay. Yeah, right. it, it has to be right. Yeah, butt joint has to be right because if not, it, it, you're going to get called back. You're going to it's going to crack. So you you want to do it right. I rather. Yeah, I'd rather take the time, do it right, and and know, especially, especially you don't want to have to come back to fix a butt joint. No. Especially if it's spray texture on top of that, you know, like that like California knockdown. That yeah. takes the longest to fix. You know, if it's flat, that's one thing. It's okay. But if you got spray on top of that, now you got to take that off. You got to fix the butt joint. Now you got to come back and get it sprayed again. You know, so I just takes much, you know, that's more, more money, more time. You guys can fix California knockdown? I thought you guys had to scrape it all off to the corners and then redo the ceiling, or you could fix an actual California knockdown. Yeah, you can fix that. Yeah. Really? And make it look like it's not connected to the old one? It'll, it'll look yeah. consistent? Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, I it, didn't know it's that. Like, when you scrape it, just, just go further out, and then you coat it. Yeah, just go further out when you're coding. You don't just like if your patch is about what you got two by two patch that you gotta fix, you fix about four or five. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or you go wider. So then they stick a spray on top of that. So you just make sure you go further out, much, much further out. You don't have to take everything down. No. So you prefer trim tech, so you're definitely uh, a plastic corner bead over a metal corner bead? No, actually, my, my favorite bead is uh, the Trimtex um, Fast Edge. So it's a, like how you have a, the paper face metal. Yes. The, the Trimtex is a paper face vinyl and on the inside. Okay, is and that it, a new it, one? It, it, hugs, it hugs the drywall up. It hugs the, the corner really tight. And it's a more flat surface. So you don't have that big hump and you don't have so much mud to fill in. Yeah. So using less mud is faster to put on and... If it gets hit on the side, you don't have to sit there and grind off half the corner bead, take it off. It literally, it, it gets hit, mud comes off, you put mud back on it, and that's it. You don't have it's to fun. sit there. The bead is, isn't all bent in. Like, it's it's an amazing product. Down Actually, Trimtex has sent me, um, they have a new, um, you ever used uh, No Coat yeah. before? Yeah. So, so they have a new product? With, uh, a new product, a fast edge roll. It's pretty good, man. So you have the, uh, so you pretty much have the the vinyl inside, yeah, and it's a little bit stronger. Oh, so they made theirs vinyl inside. That's why. Yeah, they, they made theirs a little bit better, and it's a, it's more flat, so it's less you have to coat. Got it. And it's it's more even, so I like, it has I like a little, that. Um, that makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. It has a mud lock technology on it also, so it it locks to the um to the wall, so it's not sliding up and down when you go to coat it, like no coat or or level line. Yeah. Yeah. This stuff is amazing. So yeah. So I'm a I love Trimtex a lot. Like the products, it, it really works. But every product has its time and place, you know. Yes, yeah, of course. So right? you can't you don't want to, you can't use everything for everything, you know. So 
Are you guys doing a lot of bone nose down there? I know that in Canada that there wasn't a lot of bone nose going on. No, it wasn't. But um, yeah, here it's not so much. Not a lot of bone nose here. No, Trimtex make a bone nose. They make a bone nose, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, is it make a bone nose? It, yeah, it's made out of vinyl, right? Yeah, the bone yeah. nose is made out of vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people say plastic, but it's pretty much it's, it's vinyl. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's not plastic. It's, it's vinyl. Yeah, everybody say plastic, plastic beads, but it's it's a vinyl bead. I th- I think I'm gonna say that uh, bone nose is gonna make a comeback. I think it's going to be like old school brought back from the 80s or something like that, man. And you're going to see more and more, more and more people are going to ask for bonos. Oh, yeah. The whole project I did in, um, in Sudbury was all bonos. Really? Yeah. I, I have a, I think I have a clip on my Instagram page. I'm like, I'm applying the bonos. Yeah. So that, that whole building was all bonos. <laughs> That's a lot, yeah. man. But it's actually, you know what? If you think about it, isn't it easier to do a bonos finish versus a, a 90 corner? It's easy to finish it, but it takes a little bit longer to put it on. Yeah, and then and then the drywall has to be cut, per, like cut back. It has to be cut more. back on the angles. Yeah, because if it's not cut back enough, it's going to rock. Yes. You know, yeah, it's not going to go on. So it has to be cut back more. So drywallers have to do a better job. You know, there's, there's so many, so many of the units that we had to call guys back to come back and fix it. Yeah, and then um, after a while, I stopped calling back. I started cutting it back myself. But then they didn't want you to cut it back yourself because they, that's their job, and they were union. Yes. Well, the job up there with union, so they, they made a big fuss. So they caught you, you know, cutting back your own beads. So we have to call those guys, come back and cut it. And yeah, but um. So Jamal, so you, they, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're doing a bull nose and you're cutting back, you're just letting the drywall sit inside of the corner, right? Or are you cutting back on a forty-five? Yeah, you want to cut back on a forty. You can cut it back on a forty-five, or you can just 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 um cut it a little shorter. That's it. About how much? Like a quarter inch or a half inch? Yeah, exactly. A quarter inch, half, between a quarter inch and a half inch, and it depends what size of the bonos. Also, if it's, if it's a jumbo bonos, that cut back even more. You know. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I remember seeing. I was working on a house in Toronto, and I remember seeing the original bonos, and it was all full plaster eh? that was casted in place, man. Because when we were oh, demol- wow. oh yeah, we were demolishing it, and all was all that original lime plaster, and it was a mm-hmm. full solid piece of of uh, lime plaster that was casted in place to match the actual crown molding at the very top, and I was fascinated by that. That's how the old school bull nose was done. Oh yeah, I just got finished on um, this job. So like half the house is like this plaster, half the house is is, is new construction. So they, they had this guy there. Um, he's old school plaster guy. He's high in the sixties. He's making his own beads there. He has little uh, little templates, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> crown molding. He's making his own crown molding plaster. I believe it. I totally believe yeah. it. So, yeah. So he has he has his own templates, and he's making his own bow nose. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, this this is, and yeah, this is amazing. So was like, he this, mixing the mud right then and there? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Talk yep. about a it's chef, a eh? Like he was oh, just—it yeah. was just recipe. He was just making it up right then and there, man. Yeah, and he's making it look effortless. So he just like, yeah, he's just sitting there doing this thing. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> Guys like that make me nervous because my first thought is, has he taught somebody else how to do that before he gets out of the industry or before he retires or he passes on? Right? I'm hoping that oh, yeah, he's, exactly. he's passed it on to somebody else, right? Yeah, he has he has another guy working, but the guy's just a few years older, a few years younger than him. So, and then um, so he's actually taught some um, this guy's from Honduras, and so he's t- he taught them. So they are working with it a little bit. So then um, I've done a few walls with him, 
and he, you know, he showed me a little, a little tricks here and there. I'm like, wow, man, this, this, this is nice. You know? So it was not like working with my grandfather, but it's almost like had that little, little remembrance came, came back yeah. a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. You're doing overlapping plaster. And then, um, they also now we just pin it over, you know, you know, over metal sheets. Then we sit there to concrete it first then come back over that with the plaster. And it's just nice, you know, working with, working with the Hawk and trial. Like just no tools, you no, know, no power tools, no, no tapers, no fly boxes. It's all day Hawk and trial. Yeah, yeah. You know? that's, well, that's <laughs> that's the original plaster. That's how it was done, right? Yeah. Uh, what kind of collection of Darbies do you have, or do you get asked for a lot of Darby work? Um, I'm I'm doing a lot of level five work now. A lot of skimming. Really? Yeah. yeah so I, I use the uh, I'm using a lot of the um. Columbia, Columbia skimming blades. Yeah. So how big? Yeah. What's the biggest one that you have? Forty-eight. <laughs> that starts to get heavy, yeah. If you got too much yeah. mud on there, huh? And you're that's oh, yeah. that's a workout on its own, man. Oh yeah. So, but I but I do. Um, I have an eighteen-inch roller, you know, with, with the thick mat. Yeah. And then I have an eighteen-inch bucket. So yes, I jump in the bucket and roll it on. Then I come back with the skimming blade. The same thing for the ceiling. When the walls, I don't like to use the pole, but I have an attachment that I could put the, the skim bay on a pole. Yeah. So I could, for the ceiling, I, can't, I use the pole for the ceilings, but if I'm using the walls in there, I just do it by hand. But after a while, especially if you got to hop up, you know, do that top one. I'm like, oh man, this is this is getting heavy. <laughs> but it gives you such a beautiful finish, man. Like it, does. it just looks it really so does. beautiful when you do that final, that one pass and just let yeah. it sit and let it dry. And it's almost like you just have to look at it and it's finished sanded. You don't have to even yeah. touch it, man. That's how exactly. beautiful it is. I love those Darby's things, man. Yeah, I that's, totally that's love like it. what you want, yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit different from the Darby, though. The Darby is that old, that is solid. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, Darby's are solid. The skimmer blades, they have a little flex to it. Yeah, the Darby is good. Actually, Darby's are good for the first like the first coat. Yeah. And then the uh, second coat with the skimming blade, that's like that's like a perfect mixture right there. So you're getting yeah. a lot of work? You're getting a lot of requests for that in, in residential or commercial? It got to be residential. Yeah. And yeah. also look both, because um, a lot of a lot of the commercial, if it's a um, if it's a remodel, you know, for the commercial, because they, a lot of them are in those old buildings. Yeah, they, they want to match it. Yeah, they yeah, want to match it. Up. So we, yeah, we got to yeah. cover that up. But for new commercial, no, it's just like the older commercial work. Yeah, because these some buildings that have like um, buildings downtown. You know, when um, when they have a client leaves, so when they come back, they have a new client come in and take over that building. Or that whole floor, they remodel it to they you know to what they want. So we got to build balls. We got to you know change the whole area around for them. So what they office, you know, if it's you know if it's an open floor plan or however they want it. So we got to match up a lot of work for them. So yeah, it's a lot of work, especially yeah, commercial work is it's insane, man. <laughs> so even yeah, I was gonna say like in commercial, but it's also trickling back into residential you guys are being asked to do a lot more work these days like you're getting yes. you're getting drywall mud in recessed lights into this into the actual walls now your ceilings you're getting uh you know the the the, the hvac recess you're getting so many things now that are all being drywall mudded into which basically just keeps on adding more work to you guys to make the those little details flit like they're basically flawless now on the wall 
Oh yeah, especially now we're doing a lot of um like window returns, yeah, return. yeah. And then now what's in right now is shadow beats, it's fucking yes. shadow beats, man. It's, it's insane. Like <laughs> so, they want you like now you're a floor guy. You on your on your you're trim, and, yeah. You're drywall yeah. and trim is what you're doing. Yes, yeah. You know, so like you got to charge more for that. And then so a lot of houses I get, I quote them for I quote them, you know, high because I don't want to do it in the first place. So if I'm going to do it, it's going to cost you course yeah, yeah exactly so yeah so if they want me to do shadow beads it's going to cost you an arm and a leg which you yeah. should right so are they getting nervous yeah. about the pricing because you're submitting these numbers but like yeah. you said you're you're a trim guy now you're not only just doing trywall and finishing you're doing trim now mm-hmm, exactly then there's a lot when i first got here it was a little difficult because um the way they you know quote jobs here they buy the sheet so if that yeah, so they would charge some guys would charge. I forgot what, what it was. Um, twelve bucks a sheet of drywall to finish a house. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I was like, I was like, what? I mean, there's no way in the world. So I, I'll go through and then um, that's that's for sub. That's for subcontracting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's that's just for sub. If I'm just going to sub a finishing job, so I didn't first few weeks I didn't even work because I'm not, I'm not taking those jobs. There's no way in the world. So um. Yeah, so even if it's window returns, even if it's you no know, door returns or whatever, you know, any of the extra bunch of you know beads, they didn't want you, they won't count that in. They would just say it's 12 sheets for the whole house. I don't care what the house is, I don't care how much extra you have. That's that's what we pay here. Like, fuck you. That makes no <laughs> like, sense. That totally makes no sense, man. You can't no, make it makes any, no sense. You at can't all. run a business that way at all. No, not at all. No way. So then I just started, I just waited, I just waited it out and, and I just kept going to contractors and then going directly to the contractors. And I said, I was like, I'm not stopping for you guys. You're not out of your mind. Were they testing you guys? Is that what it was? They were trying to figure out, see who we can get to do it for next to nothing. And then we don't care. We save the money. I don't think it's testing. It's just the way they, they've been doing it here and what they've been getting away of. Yeah, you know, that's, that's not right. Yeah. You got to pay, you got to pay a fair wage, man, at that point. Yeah. That and then, no yeah, sense. no, um, now, no disrespect to any, you know, not shy, but there's a lot of, you know, guys from Mexico here and guys from wherever, and they, they doing it for that price, you know? No, really? Yeah. So they take advantage of people, period, you know, and it, it sucks, you know, yeah. it sucks for like someone to have to try to feed their family and have to take a, a lesser wage just because, you know, this is what, it's the norm, you know, yeah. but also because there's no unions here whatsoever. Nothing at all. There's no unions. Like they might have a carpenters union that's to the left, or there's no drywall or finishing um, tapers union here whatsoever. So that's only good thing. Not say that's only good thing. That's one good thing about unions up in Canada because they kind of set the price, set the bar of what the standard price should be. And then usually, if you if you do a job on your own, you're not going to take anything less than union rate. You know. Yeah. yeah. But here, since there's no unions. They can like drop the prices so low on people who don't know any better. So what? Yeah. So for me, I just focus on uh, just high quality work. That way, I can charge what I charge and not have to worry about it. But you don't have anybody who's in that position that can do that. You know. Was that a big transition for you, man, to come from Can- to U.S. Canada back to the U.S.? Or was it easy for you to get your feet wet again and just start all over? It was a little bit easier um, to come back here because yeah, it was, it was a little bit easier after uh, after a while, after a month or so. But if I didn't have anything put away, 
I, I'd have been I'd have been screwed, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because if I needed needed work right away, I'd have been working for you know much less because the way they've been doing things here. And but for someone who's just starting out, yeah, it it it, it, it can suck for them, you know. Because you know they don't know any better, or they have to take the job because they have to feed their family, so they have yeah. to take that price. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. It, it was a little, it was a little like smack in the face for a minute. I'm like, what? You guys are charging this here? You guys are paying this to people? Like, wow. You know, like especially with inflation, everything's going up. You know, like how how do people survive? You know. So you got any, Jamal, you got any concerns with this year? Are you going to stay busy or how's the U.S. reacting right now regarding the economy? How are you guys looking? Oh, I'm pretty much booked for the rest of the year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Good for you, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've gotten pretty lucky, so I can't, I can't really complain. So I'm pretty much booked for the rest of the year. So now all you got to do is try to figure out how to get more crews and more jobs and then you can just manage things and not be on the tools anymore. That That's never going to happen, right? Probably I don't see that for another. I, I I see about ten more years on the tools that I, I can be happy with, you know. Yeah. But I will probably cut back. I will probably cut back a little bit, but I still want to be on the tools for a little bit. But we all say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's gonna come a day that you're gonna have to put the tools down. I don't care who you are, but there's gonna yeah. come a day that you have to. Yeah, exactly. You know, then then relax a little bit more, you know. But um, yeah. So my few more years, I probably you know start putting down little by little, but um, yeah, we see where it goes. No, <laughs> but I'm really I'm, I'm really excited of teaching my my stepson. I, I can I you know I'm happy doing that, and I, I feel like really good to work with him and seeing him you know, progress a little bit here and then. It's great that you he's know. embracing it. Yeah. Uh, so when's you know, he, I, when's he gonna get on the tools? So when are you gonna let him get on the boxes? Uh, probably. Maybe next house or two, you know, next project or two. Do you do you catch him watching you on the boxes and looking at you and trying to figure out if he can do it and when's he gonna do it and get a chance to do it or Yeah. 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 Then he, you know, especially sometimes I'm showing him something or show him how to you know code a beat or show him how to know you know now we're working on a butt joints a little bit. So trying to get him to code them a little bit more. And I kind of messed up because I I got him using a knife, you know, instead of instead of the trial. Okay. Because um, I just wanted to get his hand coordination together, but now I'm like, I should just do him right on the trial first. That way, now he doesn't have to switch over to the trial, you know. So like, you know, so I'm like, uh, maybe, but I'll throw him on the trial a little bit. Um, he he'd be on this soon. But okay. now I just got him using a knife. Perhaps first I had him with the knife in the pan. Now I got him with a knife in the hawk. So now he's using a knife and a knife and a hawk now. Yeah. So now I'm going. Now I give him the trial, so he could put the knife to the trial. You know, knife. I mean, the trial to the hawk. Yeah, yeah. So he'll eventually pick it up. He'll get that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What 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 kind of trial are you using? What brand? You Nello or anything like that? No. Nello right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nello. Yeah. Okay. And the knives the same way. Knives. I have a little bit of mixture. I have. Uh, if I'm doing like my three ways, I have a um, not the old school uh, Richard knives. Yep. It's more. It's more like a like a V. Yep. Yeah, and then um, because I don't like the bell knives for the three ways. You dig in too much in yeah. a few ways. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I have a little bit. Of, I have a mixture. Then I have uh, so yep. Then um, if I'm if I'm wiping tapes down, I have the uh, eight inch uh Dewalt knife. So it's not it's not the square one. So it's it's the eight inch it's the eight inch bell. Knife. Really? 
I don't remember seeing that one. And DeWalt's got a knife like that now, huh? Yeah, so it's more flat. So I um I used to use the, like a Marshalltown one. Yes, yeah. And, and it's square. Then the handle's a little bit bulkier. So the DeWalt 8-inch one is nice and flat. So you can like really wipe and your hand's not cramping as fast and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> is it flexible? Is it a nice blade? Yeah, it's not too much flex because okay. it's not too much flex and it's not too much bend. It's like right in the middle. Got it. So I'm, yeah, so sometimes if it's too much of a flex, and you're wiping tape. Sometimes you can dig out too much of that yeah. mud. Yeah. And and if it, and if it's too hard, then you just you know rough you know you just you know roughing your tape up and stuff. Right. So it's right in the middle. Yeah. And then um yeah so like I think like we said before I used the yeah I use a Shao Master Bazooka flat boxes. I use my um angle box. Then I use the angle heads also, and I, I find the Columbia angle heads works the best for me. Uh, I used the North Star one. I used uh, quite a few other other ones, but um, the Columbia angle head works the best for me. Even I, I, I've got a Columbia angle head, man, and I use it occasionally because I actually yeah. like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, if I'm wiping tape for that first coat, I use a flusher, not an angle head, because with the flusher, I can get in my corners more. The angle head, you're not gonna be able to get in the corner that tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially if you're doing like nine feet, ten feet, I, I can sit there and clean my corners out really nice with the flusher. And then I can hop up later and then clean it out a little bit more at, at another coat. And then, yeah, then flat boxes I use. My best flat box is the North Star one. Okay. And now I have, yeah, I have the changeable blades. So, like, if I have, I have the 12 box, so it has a 12 blade on there, and you can take the 12 blade off and put a 14 blade on there. Really? You use the same box. And now it also have the, they have the 8, 10 box, and they have the 10, 12 box. That's yeah, so you can, yeah, like so that. one box. Yeah. So one box you, you can you know you can use that for the whole house, especially if you have the 10, 12 box, because that's your average coding for each house, you know. For each any job is 10, 12. That's that's what's the norm. But they, yeah, like I said, they have an 8, 10 box, they have a 10, 12, and they have a 12, 14. It's amazing. Best box I ever used. And it's nice and it's, it's almost like you it's almost like using a skimming blade. You get that perfect finish. I guess um, uh, you must be thankful that you don't have to wait for um, the cold weather in Canada anymore. You don't have to wait for job sites to warm up to, for your mud to actually dry. I was in a T-shirt two days ago. <laughs> I know, because all you guys, well, here in Canada, all you guys are always suffering through uh, colder job sites, and then mud's not drying, and then you can't come oh, yeah. back. and. And I gotta is, get heaters in the house. Yeah, I know it's all bullshit. Like, I mean, yeah. GC should be having those heaters in those houses, and the houses should be yeah. temperature, man. They totally exactly. should be. Exactly. Then electrician. Sometimes they have the electric. The day you start a house, they have the electrician come in that that day, and then the months have frozen. You know, so you can't really work that day. So then you know, they, and they're like, "Oh, why aren't you here?" Like, oh, I can't work this good. So, we usually when I was up there, I would always at least have two houses on the go. You know, so that way, if, if one house is you know wet, I can run over to the other house. Yeah. And shoot back over or have a house in you know a basement or whatever but for, yeah for the most part i had to make sure i at least had two houses on the go you know because you have to or you won't really make any money you just sit yeah. at home with for a day because it's wet here you know yeah. you know stuff like that so yeah but that's that's one that I'm, I'm not missing it's <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even missing that man i can't stand those i've been in all the different stages of construction and in cold mm -hmm. temps I'm not a fan of it, man. I am not a. I rather choose a hot temp any day over a cold temp any day, man. Any day. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, I, I can always you know, drink some more water, throw some water exactly. on my head. Exactly. You, know? <laughs> exactly. you, you get these weird Canadians up here, like, oh, I can always throw on another jacket. I can always throw on another hoodie. Yeah, but your your mud can't dry faster. No. You know what I mean? And actually, might actually damage the mud if the the temperature's yeah. too bad, right? Oh yeah, especially if you're, if you're putting those propane you know, heaters in the house, and then you're putting fan on top of that. So you got the you got the heat hitting the wall too 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 hot. Then you got the fan hitting it. So now you got cracks everywhere. I know, I know. You know, <laughs> so it sucks, yeah. man. Oh yeah, Jamal. What else did we? What what haven't we covered, man? Um, I don't know. Have you done, you've done all kinds of, have you got into coffered ceilings? And no, you don't get into plaster work that way or anything like that. No, you don't do any of that. But I do coffered ceilings, but with drywall. And, with and drywall, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that and, um, yeah, coffered ceilings. Uh, oh, yeah, you name it. Yeah, so. Listen, I'm yeah. a fan of trim, trim text. I'm just not a fan of trim text's wainscoting. Oh, okay, gotcha. Those moldings yeah. and things like that, because mm-hmm. I'm old school, right? So wainscoting has a purpose. It's designed to be hit. And yeah. I don't want to be hitting plaster all the time because it's going to crack, so you're going to have to repair it. If you hit wood, then you don't repair it. You just touch it up with some paint. That's why yeah. I'm a, I'm a yeah. fan of that stuff. But, yeah, I do, and I've agreed. I've spoken to so many drywallers on the, on the show where I do agree that, you know, vinyl, Corner beads, bull nose, whatever, metal, all kinds, they have their purpose. Depends on what the work is, what the scope is, and what the, the, the person who's doing the work. It all, they have their purpose. So you have to exactly. just figure out exactly what you want to use, right? Oh, yeah. And then lately, I've been doing a lot of waffle sellings too, which takes a lot of time. That's time you know? consuming, man. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of time consuming. <laughs> on old <laughs> homes or what? Like brand new homes? Yeah, brand new homes. Yeah. A lot of people are asking for ceiling treatments, huh? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So it, it's, yeah, it's pretty big right now, you know. So waffle ceilings, this are different, you know. Like you said, um, coffin ceilings, you know. It's beautiful, like that. man. That stuff does. Yeah, it, it I, I, I mean, as much as I like a flat ceiling, I prefer some sort of treatment like that. A waffle yeah. coffer, I totally prefer that. And everything I've been doing here is flat. This, this, um, getting away from texture here, like in um, GTA and and in, uh, while I was living that, it's a lot of knockdown, like California knockdown. Yeah, but Toronto, I think, is completely getting rid of all kinds of texture on the on the ceiling now. Nobody wants texture anymore. Nobody wants anymore. Yeah, that's good. You know, yeah. But here, this I haven't I haven't done one knockdown. Everything's been flat since I've been here. Wow. Yeah. What about cove work or anything like that? Like all kinds of larger cove or, or or mudding that way some details i see a lot of that stuff out west in california and details like that yeah not, um not so much coves here you don't really see, you no know, not, not so much, yeah barrel ceilings or anything like that groin ceilings or anything like that no no yeah no yeah if there's anything um i've, I've seen oh yeah so a few of the projects i've been doing now uh this company called grand Vinoy, they, they do amazing work so they have sometimes they have quite a few of us in the house because the houses are so big they yeah. they monsters so they might have you know guys finishing downstairs while we upstairs so they, they kind of separate a little bit so going back and seeing some of these guys work um the tile guys i've never seen them before first time i've ever seen it the guys pit crown they, they built their own crown molding for towel around i've seen it around the house yeah yeah i've never seen it before i've seen it yeah 
it's not, I'm like, basically it's, it's a mosaic it's just uh it's hand yeah, exactly. it's artisan stuff yeah 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 so, yeah. It's expensive. so now I'm, I'm getting to watch these guys do a lot of the work that i never see because when i go in a house usually it's just me it's nobody else then yeah. i do my job and i'll leave yeah now I'm, I'm starting to see a lot a lot of you know other, other trades come in and watch them work a little bit and it's fun because now i feel like um no i'm, I'm i can learn a little bit more i'm part of something else not just by myself or you know with a yeah. helper in the house coming yeah, in yeah. and out. And watching these guys use the system, I don't, I don't know if you've seen the. I'm quite sure you have. It's like a system they, they put on tile, so they kind of, they kind of, it's like they suck the tile up, and it's a machine. Yep. So it makes the tile at a certain level. I'm like, yep. oh, that's badass. Yeah. That that came from uh, slabs and countertops and. That, yeah. that whole technology and it's just been getting trickled down to actual tile now because tile is basically becoming slabs like the exactly, amount of yeah. skill and everything that's involved is just coming from that whole world so now they're they're being challenged to do yeah. all that kind of stuff so now you got to buy all those extra tools you need to have that stuff right you know i've yep. seen it it's it's beautiful stuff yeah and it's, and it's good to be around that so now you, you you enjoy going to work a little bit more sometimes because you're like oh you get to see a little bit more progress you get to see a little more things that's going on and and it, it builds you better also now you, you know a little bit more you know you can you know contribute a little bit more i had an idea years ago and i presented it to a client where i actually wanted to clad uh, a plaster crown molding with uh -huh. individual mosaics of different sizes and to make the curve and to make the shape and to make everything and then yeah. I, I actually broke it down i did a sample i presented it to them and then i presented the cost and they're like no no no, no, that's never going to happen. You know, okay. and they loved the way it looked, but there was like the cost was insane. I literally would have to have installed one at a time to put it inside. Oh, wow. Just because of all the profiles and the crown and everything that mm -hmm. it was just going to be so labor intensive. And then they okay. just, they said they loved it, but they didn't want to do it because of the cost. And I was like, okay, all right, no problem. So maybe I'll leave it for another day somewhere else. But yeah, I love trying to figure that out. Yeah. Have you ever um, gotten to like Venetian Plaza at all? I haven't gotten into it. I want to not necessarily learn it, but I want to definitely use it and have somebody hire somebody. Are you interested in getting into it? Yeah, I just started messing around with it. Um, actually, Brian from Drywall Nation, he got me into it. Yeah. Um, his project's up there. So, yeah. So, yeah. And it, it's a it's a wonderful project. And one of the houses I was doing here, I just finished a house, and then they had, a, they had this lady come from Texas. To do um, it. Yeah, to do it. Wow. And 60 year old lady doing Venetian plaster for her and a helper. I mean, it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty, <laughs> it's, it's, it's beautiful work. Yeah. Too, yeah. It's very, work, if it's done well, it, it, it's very, very impressive. Right. So, yeah. You, know, you, you pretty much put in a slab on a wall with yeah. a hook and trowel. I know. I know. There's a couple of guys here in Toronto that do it really well. I'm trying to get them on the show to talk more about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it keeps on going back to the fact that I think a lot of clients are not asking for flat surfaces anymore. I think they're looking for some sort of texture, treatment, detail, something just to mm -hmm. kind of make it look a little different. Um, yeah. because I think it's, uh, there's an opportunity just like the ceiling. There's always an opportunity to put something on the ceiling. I mean, flat ceilings are, are, are nice in, in certain rooms, but mm -hmm. sometimes a, a ceiling treatment is a lot nicer in those same oh, rooms, yeah. right? Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm about, to, I'm about to make a trip now to Miami. There's a place down there that has... Now, I messed around with it. I've done a few walls with it. But I want to go down there to um, just learn the right way of doing it and how to fix it. Because yeah. if I book a job and I you know do a house with it, I want to know 
know everything about it. You know, so if, if I get called back, something happened, I know how to repair it. You yeah, know, I know yeah, how to do everything yeah. about it. Yeah. So yeah, there's a place in Miami that does it. Um, for yeah, for Rinsey Color. Yeah, out down in Miami. Yep. Yeah. So there's another, and it's a place in New York also that does it too. They have the classes there too. So like some, yeah. Few of my friends like you don't need a class. Just start doing it. Like, nah, I'd rather go spend the money. I don't care. I really no, do it. I, I want to get the basics. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to do it right. You know, you know, especially if you, you know, got a million dollar house. You know, you're working on. You don't want to screw that up. You know. No, no, you don't want that kind of callback. <laughs> you don't need that kind of callback, man. No, exactly. <laughs> Jamal, we got to do the twelve questions, but I think we covered quite a bit. Is there anything else you want to mention? Oh no, huh? um. No, not so much. Had a good time. Um, no, this is great, man. It's, it's yeah, great to man. finally connect and talk and, and and talk drywall and shop and everything. Man, you do amazing work. So thank you. I, respect for that, it. right? So yeah, all right. Ready for the questions? Cool. Man. Let's do the twelve questions, man. Uh, actually, let me ag drywall and finishing at gmail.com. Everybody, ag drywall on Instagram. Ag drywall and finishing on Instagram, right? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. And what is your favorite construction word? Uh, done. <laughs> done. What is your least favorite construction word? My least favorite? I thought about this one. Um, uh, I don't know. My least favorite is just, you know, um, can we add to that? Or <laughs> Since you're here. Yeah. I know. What turns you on in construction? Uh, beautiful work. Just any. Uh, yeah, beautiful work. Anything that you know, people coming together, like doing a job right, and then just seeing, you know, yeah, it's beautiful work. Pretty much at the end of the day. What turns you off in construction? Shitty people. You know, people look look down on people, talk down to them. I don't care. I don't care who you are. If you the porta potty guy, he's doing a job. You don't talk down to them. Yeah, yeah. You don't disrespect anybody. No one's less than anybody on this job site. You know? Yeah. What's your favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> what's your favorite vehicle anything in the world a triumph a triumph like oh yeah oh, motorcycle triumphs yeah like the, oh, okay all right like world war ii yeah oh, okay all right oh, that's, yeah. that's going way back man oh yeah Do you ride you ride right yeah i used to I, my wife won't let me now but <laughs> the amount of times i hear that so then i don't have a wife and i have a bike. Yeah. <laughs> one had to go i guess so that's just yeah. how it happened what's your least favorite vehicle smart car yeah yeah i can't stand them <laughs> what could you just, just mud them mud them right over just yeah. <laughs> yeah two boxes so of mud over. and they're done man they're done yeah. that's it <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love uh the bazooka um the, the real on going on the, on the bazooka just that chain going yeah. uh it makes that perfect noise man. what construction sound or noise do you hate when that drives me crazy if you um tile back aboard if, if a knife hits that and the scrapes it drives me crazy yeah it's, it's kind of like chalk yeah, yeah, yeah it's like a yeah i know you're talking about yeah what profession other than your own would you like to attempt i mean you've done a few already in your life yeah, so um, I always wanted um, fly planes. Yeah, you know they it's probably, funny. I I'm trying fun. to get. Uh, do you do you follow uh, Rob Rosati? R S uh, R uh, R A uh, Drywall. R A Drywall. I think it's oh, R A Drywall. I'm trying to remember, but he got his pilot license over the pandemic. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's a drywaller. He's a taper. He's a finisher. Yeah. 
So I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check him out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll send you his, uh, his handle. But yeah, he doesn't do a lot of. He's not active on social media. But uh, I've I've known him because I've hired him a few times, and I remember him talking to me about trying to get his license, and then he just went and did it during the pandemic and got it, and now he's got three or four licenses, and he's working on his commercial license, and he's oh, a drywaller. Wow. He's a drywaller, and he actually took me up. He, he took me up in a plane, and we flew from uh, from East Toronto all the way to Hamilton, and then back. And it was okay. lots of fun. He even let me fly the plane, and I was like, "This is pretty cool," but I'm not landing. Leave me alone <laughs> now, man. So, I'll, I won't be landing. I'll be crashing, man. At that point, yeah. what profession would you not like to do? Uh, pretty much ending behind desk. Yeah. Yeah. Last question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? You, do you want to go back and do it again? <laughs> <laughs> Jamal, thank you so much, man. Really a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Uh, appreciate it means it. so much to have you on there, man. Thank you so much for sharing so much as well, too. So we really appreciate it. So everybody, check them out, please. AG Drywall, AG Drywall and finishing at gmail.com and also the same on Instagram. I think that's it, Angelina. Thank you very much, Jamal. All right, thank you, man. Thanks for having me.